0: Whether or not you were an athlete to start, you something that was there for you before is now gone. I always say, I say this in my cycle class, it's such an honor and privilege to move and we forget it till it's taken away. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area
1: will
2: attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. Oh my god! we go.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 33 of the First Sit Podcast. Today we have in studio with us Nisha Meyer. Nisha is a friend of ours, and she is a doctor of physical therapy. She specializes in orthopedics and sports medicine. She works with athletes. She makes them better. So we're thrilled to have her here and tell us what we've been doing wrong. She's Our got me fired up already. Life. Yeah, she's got us all fired up. I
2: already feel better. I told you that story, the lady saving her life. Yes. Her own life. Not from Nisha. I don't know if we're going to hear Nisha this story um, in this episode, people, but listen, mm-hmm. tune in for this one because the energy is here. The, the energy is here. here.
0: You're really like, you're already throwing me in with like a life-saving story. Yes. Oh yes. my You cannot God. let the people down now. Hi, yeah. everybody. <laughs> what an intro. Yes. What an intro. Oh my goodness. Do I start with that story? Do I start with myself? Like, I don't know where to go with that. Yeah. Honestly, she well, tell she us should. a little
2: bit about yourself first. Honestly, dude, you built it up.
0: Yeah, I did hype it up. She might have I to wanna, just to tell I want to hold the people
2: on so they keep listening. Okay, oh, hold on. So tell us about yourself first.
0: Myself first, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we'll go into life-saving stories. Yes, mm-hmm. got it. Okay. Well, what part do you want to know?
1: So I, I think Nisha, why don't you just talk about what made you choose like the field you're in? Okay. First, um, and then like wh- like what makes you different with what you're doing currently?
0: Perfect. So we'll go down memory lane a little bit. Let's go to Newtown Square where I'm in high school. I went to Episcopal Academy and I'm on the field playing field hockey, trying to play college field hockey and getting recruited. And during preseason, I went to dodge, make an awesome pass and rolled my ankle in and boom, I tore three ligaments. I had to crawl myself off the field and little did I know that that shaped my World into rehab, so I wasn't able to play sports. But from that experience, I had such a like a great um, recovery, and I got to work with a female athletic trainer who really just supported me through it. I was like, wow, this is a field I had no idea. Um, And then went to college at GW, went to DC for a little bit, learned how to use a barbell, was coaching CrossFit while learning CrossFit. I know right we'll get into that and then I started a female only barbell program there because I was like holy cow women need to learn how to lift this is so important and they're so scared so we need to make a setting where they feel comfortable to do so and got my prereqs went to physical therapy school at Temple and now I'm back here in Philly homecoming PT Mm. and working in sports. Mm. that's like spark notes version but that was good yeah Uh, we uh, can dig into like
2: certain areas of that you've done this before huh? for real (laughs) yeah i have done this before. (laughs) i've I've been trying to work on that a little bit because that was super are you
1: are you that sharp hell no definitely i have a good elevator pitch like
2: sales wise but not like tell me you gotta start taking some notes after this
0: you don't have notes now
2: come on please don't put me on the spot i mean i'll come up with something i'm (laughs) I'm a good talker i'll come up with something right now but but don't make me have to do it i (laughs) like that story though that's kind of crazy well some would say major setback Mm -hmm. really just kind of set you up for a springboard to where you are now right and speaking of that where'd you guys meet because Albert introduced you know introduced me to you so I met Nisha through my wife Mm -hmm. so
1: uh, Nisha is on top of being a PT also a cycle bar instructor Mm -hmm. okay so Alex takes her classes but she also takes Alex's classes at Orange Theory Mm -hmm. Um, gotcha gotcha
2: yep so they kind of like go hand in Mm -hmm. hand and then you were telling me about about Nisha's class. You were telling me about this. You said you felt dead after it. The cycle bar.
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I'm not built for the bike.
2: I told you, I haven't even. I don't attempted it yet. that.
0: I don't. Pl- you have a bike right here. Uh, so. That's yeah.
1: Not for him. <laughs> it's for show.
0: That's, uh, that's not for him. <laughs> I got it. Got let's, it. Let's, got let's got it. Honest. I did win the race, though. You have exactly. quads. You were meant for the bike.
1: I did win the race. Yeah. I was, I was ready to pass out. by one the he race. Has, he has what? You heard that? He has quads.
2: Quads that's coming. Here we are, lying within the first five minutes of the episode. (laughs) This is not a good start for our listeners. This is not a good start. We can
0: build the trust back. Yeah, so we can can get back there. So,
1: and why I saw Nisha was because I was having problems with my neck, Mm -hmm. and we've been going through like rehab exercises. And that's that's one thing thing I really wanted to talk about because you have been,
2: yeah, just. I mean, just hearing the stories after he's coming back, saying like, "Man, you got to like think about this," or like, "Did you know this could affect this?" I'm like, "Where are you getting all this information from?" You know, he's like, oh, you got to go see her. And I'm like, I might need to. That's my
0: favorite part because I feel like people underestimate the power of education. And that's really what I think I do. Yes. I'm called physical therapy, but my biggest goal is if I can teach you something, so you never need me again. Perfect. Mm. And I think that gets really like undervalued in a field where people are so obsessed with getting a quick fix and often with healthcare, it's just not that, Yeah. but if you can learn how to fix yourself or. Be more confident that nothing crazy's going on. Then, then my goal's met for sure.
2: Mm, I like that. Yeah, it's like the saying, you know, it's like you can, uh, you can, give a man a fish or you can teach a man a fish, right? I've never heard that before. In You've my life. never heard that saying. You can give a man a fish, you can teach a man a fish, and then he'll eat for the rest of his life if you teach him. Cause, yeah, this is true. This is a quote. You've never heard that quote before. I've been trying to put him on to some more books. What well, you doing over there, Albert? We having some technical difficulties. <laughs> Everyone
1: thought was like we we are having some serious technical difficulties. Yeah, I'm gonna be holding my mic for the rest of the episode. That's fine. This
2: is great. Just just slide it out. I got it. I, I, there I got you it. go.
1: There you go. I'm just gonna hold it.
2: I love this. It actually, sounds kind of good. You sound great. I think so. Man,
1: someone hold it up. We you pivot. look like
2: you were meant to be a singer back in like the '60s.
1: Or would have been a great singer back in the '60s. Mm.
2: Just keep doing that. Keep doing what you're doing, there, Bert. Thank you're you. Doing great. Thank you. All right.
1: So why don't we get into um, Nisha? What like makes you different with what you're doing, and like what your sole focus is with your athletes and the people you see?
0: Yeah. Well, I think the best part is using how you got to me, which is oh yeah, that pivot. Is, <laughs> We're
1: just gonna let it go. <laughs> That's not <laughs> working still for you. Working. He's, We're still let it go. He's still
0: pivoting, folks. <laughs> but just like how you found out about me, I think it starts how we're different. Like traditional PT folks are either referred to people that are in their network or a doctor sends them to PT and it's just a long cascade for them to get the care that they need. But um, I work for precision performance, which is really focused on networking with trainers and different gym areas. So that's how I met your wife, Alex. We were doing a collaboration and event at Orange Theory. And so I think walking the walk and talking the talk, I'm a physical therapist. I'm active. I understand that you want to be part of your community. If I'm there, you're going to trust me way more. If I work with your trainer, you're going to trust me way more than I'm going Mm -hmm. to say, no, go to bed, rest, never lift that weight again. So I think from the start, how you meet me is completely different than traditional PT. And then you come into our setting out of our three settings, they're all in gyms. So you automatically get that vibe. Like I'm here to work out. We have two tables at most, and I rarely use them. Of course, I might use it to assess things, see, you know, your mobility, your strength. But really, I'm trying to get you on the ground and teach you things. And that's exercise and get you moving. You, you get essentially a full workout with me. And our, our setting has a barbell. It has turf. Like, it is not just somewhere you, can, you come laying down and doing clamshells.
2: Mm. You get a full training session. Mm-hmm. You walk out sweating. That's that's interesting because I do usually see a lot of just the kind of like okay, come in here, lay on the table, do a couple different things. No, no, that's not what you are doing. That's five. Albert was sweating. I yeah, Yeah. I was sweating a lot. Well, I guess you got to figure out what's really going on, right? Yeah, I mean, she was not working. It like teaches you,
1: yeah, and it like teaches you, she
2: teaches you what exercises you should be doing daily to address the problem. Well, like you said, right? It's like an ongoing thing. It's not a one and done kind of shot. Yeah, Um, like you said, it's it's so interesting when you talk to people about that because they do go into it thinking oh, well, I'm going to go see this person maybe for one session or three sessions and then the rest of my life, I'll never have to do it again. Right. And then do you see a lot of the same, like reoccurring problems over and over because people aren't adhering to some of the things you've taught them?
0: Do you mean same person or same type of Same injury? person,
2: same person. Mm,
0: really, that's my biggest goal. Like if that person never has to come with me for the same issue, mm-hmm. I did my job. Yeah. Now there's like a level of compliance, right? Like you can't, like make someone do something if they don't want to, but we're really lucky in our setting because we attract the active adult and that can look like, or active individual, I should say, that could look like a young kiddo all the way to someone on Medicare that's older. And either way I'm going to get them moving. Mm -hmm. It might look like let's take a hinge pattern. So the person in the middle who is a competitive power lifter, let's say it's a conventional deadlift to the young kid that I have and picking up a med ball and doing some slams for his sport see the older lady who needs to pick up her kiddo she's a grandma and i have her um just hinging with the mm-hmm. dowel either okay. way like i just i think we should treat everybody the same it's just gonna look different the dosage
2: gotcha it's interesting mm-hmm. hmm. so what are some things albert's been going through <laughs>
0: that's hipaa man no, you-, you have to talk about that what?
2: Let us know. Let us Do you know hear some of the exercise. Through? Yeah, we hear you great. What just are some of the exercises her. you've been going through?
1: Um, so, we've been working on like T spine mobility exercises and certain things for like my neck, as well mm-hmm. as hip mobility. We've been focusing on a little bit, but that was more sports specific. Okay. That was more for like jujitsu, just because okay. it's such a hip extensive or hip focused
2: and what about your t-spine sport. mobility noticing any um, improvements in your golf swing
1: oh you know what i did so so i golfed yesterday actually and i do feel a lot better on the golf course mm. and i figured that that was why but for me dude i also like it had to have been like a lot of posture stuff we've been
2: going through 100 percent. well i'd notice it anytime we record now he's really been adjusting his posture non-stop that's I why i told him just to sit in one spot before we start recording i don't stop yeah so, so this is great
0: your best is your next position no such thing as perfect posture uh, that's going to ruffle a lot of
2: feathers, but that's the research folks. Damn.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. So <laughs> I, need, I, I need guess we're, I need now we're going to really <laughs> stop whatever you're
2: doing. Rewind that 15, <laughs> tap the low button twice. Boop, boop. Go back and listen to what she just said. That was crazy. Best position yeah. is the next position.
0: Yeah. It's people no love
2: perfect posture.
0: Nope. People love what? like hyping into good and bad because in the fitness industry, it's really easy to say, oh, you have a problem. I can fix it. So people are often being like, oh, you have that. Yeah, exactly. Which is just not true. It's not based in the research. So there was like one study that looked at military men who are always upright, right? They have perfect posture. Guess what? They have low back pain. And so it found that those that move more are less likely to have pain versus those who stay in one spot. So we get a bad rap because we get mostly stuck in that flexed position, mm-hmm. some like that position doing work, yeah. right? But that's just the position we spend most of our time in. And that's why it's getting a bad rap. But if there's no, I slump, I have no pain, you mm-hmm. know? People just love correlating things like good and bad and weak and strong. And it's just, it's so multifactorial. We can't, we can't look at it that way.
2: Mm, that's good to know because I used to sit in the office all day and just readjust. Like every 20 minutes. I know it's people perfect. used to look at me like, what's wrong with him, bro? But I'm, I would get worried about the slump. I've been moving so much now. I would sit there after <laughs> I a while and I'd be like, wow, I'm slumping hard. Mm-hmm. Shoulders are by my ears. Bad, like just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Tense. Uh, Nisha, are there any like,
1: um, like you have to be seeing new people like with like text neck, right? Or like, mm-hmm. uh, or like mm-hmm. have you seen like an uptick in like neck injury or mm-hmm. like COVID yeah. related type injuries? Totally. Did, did you say text neck? Text neck. I think I know what that
2: is, but that... Like yeah, when your head's down and you're texting. I think Alex and is going to get texted. Some people like, are just stuck like that. She loves Instagram. Wow. hmm Wow. She's not going to be happy to hear that you said that. No. She's, she's going to give you that look. I know I, you I, I know. I wish I could take it back, honestly. We not <laughs> we that, right? We're not cutting that out. We can't cut that, right? we not that out.
1: Nope. We might start the episode so with that one. one. Like, have you seen... You think COVID caused an uptick in those, related, those types of injuries?
0: A hundred percent. So you definitely see a correlation between stress in general on different musculoskeletal injuries. In general, I'd say in PT, the most that we see is neck and back pain and there there's definitely research that people are looking into why. And the, and they typically go to the change in our environment. Like we go from, you know, running in the earth and trying to find our own food to now being desk folks typically. Um, and then the COVID changed everything overnight. You essentially go from Think about like I always like to think about my life through load and it can be a micro scale and a macro scale. So if we take our day to day, we went from for me, I would get up, I would go walk walk around and treat patients and then maybe go walk, go eat lunch, do these things. I'm always on my feet to two weeks of nothing to do and like take that to everybody. And now they're going from a scale of not only like day to day, but like a whole year of that. Mm -hmm. And you're losing so much of your normal day-to-day stresses. So I'd say in general, chronic pain is definitely at an all-time high. And this is just more anecdotally what I've seen in the clinic. Um, Especially because we're working with athletes, tendinopathies are are much more common. And that's typically a little too much too soon injury related to um, the muscle that attaches to the bone, whether it's shoulder, whether it's hamstring in the leg. Um, Folks are either going from nothing from the pandemic to all out again, like, yeah, let's go. And that's where you get that overload muscular injury that we manage because we work with the active population. Mm. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's definitely been interesting seeing the changes in the world and how it impacts pain in the human body.
2: Hmm. I wonder how that's going to affect people now trying to get back into their like normal routine, even for just the average person, right? Because you're talking about a lot of these issues you might be seeing with athletes or people who are used to performing at a certain level before the pandemic. But, you know, I'm thinking just from an everyday gym goer level, you know, people who are sitting there trying to get onto their routine, who are now having to sit at home, you know, for months and months on end, just trying to do something. And some of the pains and aches that your body is now going to be dealing with once you get into a full, like a normal routine.
0: Totally. And I think people forget to look at. Everything Like the one thing we really pride ourselves is like a biopsychosocial approach. So I'm not only looking at like the physical ailments someone might have, but like mental components. Do you have social support? I would say the number of patients I have with depression, anxiety is at an all time high that a hundred percent like impacts your outcomes it impacts your pain it impacts your success with rehab and so I have to consider that as well as like the environment which has completely changed with COVID this person used to have an office and and co-workers and now they're by themselves Mm -hmm. like it just completely changes how their body moves day to day how they feel pain how they are in general and I, I have to look at all of that as a physical
2: therapist That's another really interesting point because you think about, well, we always talk about our environment can shape, you know, like your actions and things that you start doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just bring up how COVID now pulls people out from their normal environment or some situations that might have been motivating for them. Right. I remember working in the bank at the end of the day, me and three of my coworkers every day would go over to the gym. Right. And I know just knowing that goal, like at the end of the day, it's like, okay five o'clock, we're going straight over to the gym was just a motivating factor to get through the day. And it kept us on that normal routine. It kept us to, on that regimen, it kept us going. Mm -hmm. And now you think about, okay, now you don't have that ability to be, you know, in the office, to be around these other people who also want to accomplish some of the same goals as you. You know, it's honestly, I don't even think I thought about this deep until you really just painted it that way. It's, it really, it shows how crucial, you know, an environment is.
0: Totally, totally. And I feel like people... I actually feel lucky when someone gets injured and comes in to see me when they haven't been moving for a while, because they might be really apprehensive to join their gym setting again, like go to orange theory with Alex. And I'm like, perfect. Let's go through everything you want to do with just you and me, or maybe there's one more person in the space and like, let's make sure you feel comfortable. So I try to use that as like a positive Mm, experience of maybe you're scared to deadlift again. Maybe you're scared to even like test cardio out and, Um, People forget that you're really vulnerable when you're in pain or when you're injured, whether or not you were an athlete to start you, something that was there for you before is now gone. I always say, I say this in my cycle class, it's such an honor and privilege to move and we forget it till it's taken away. Whether that's you having a stroke, whether you are, you tore your rotator cuff, whether you um, sprained your ankle, It, it impacts you and you have no idea until it it actually happens. And so hopefully I can be that positive light that just gives you a little bit more reassurance and resiliency Mm. in that hour. Yeah.
2: It definitely makes me think of, I could have used you back when I um, (laughs) threw my back out when I was deadlifting, when I was getting prepped for my competition. Man, I thought I was done forever, dude. Yeah, I was would have deadlifting, awesome. and I just felt something pop, and I was like, "Oh no!" How scary is that? It, I, I was like, "I'm never picking up weight again <laughs> off the floor." Yeah, I, I looked at any bar, one thirty five, yeah. two twenty five, yeah, and I was like, "I'm never picking up a bar that has weight on it again." Do you see? It messes with you mentally,
1: a hundred percent. Do you see, uh, like, um, athletes getting injured often deadlifting? Like, is that something that you feel is common, or well, do you I like would, that? Yeah. Or like, would you say like shoulder, just cause like the whole, like, like what row. exercise are
2: people just really messing up?
0: Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. Uh, like bird. so uh, I'm going to really ruffle feathers again. Just cause I
1: know my form so used to suck. So, so,
0: so deadlift gets a really bad rap. Deadlift. I always explain as like the cherry on top of a bigger issue that was happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's not necessarily the deadlift that may have caused your back pain. Cause we got to look at it. In multiple lenses, it could have been that you didn't get good sleep. It could have been that you're overtrained. It could have been that um, maybe you haven't optimized some of the strength in your legs that we could really like tune up into. Maybe you've had low back pain before and you really didn't manage it as you needed to and progressed a little too much too soon. So I think that's always just a window that people like to cop out and be like, "Ah, oh, yep, terrible form. See you later." Mm-hmm. But, um, there's plenty of times that we lift throughout our day to day and we don't have pain. And we, we, I mean, look at movers, they move things in crazy ways and they might not have back pain.
2: So that's a good point.
0: I would say deadlift is common, but it's more because of like a load issue. Um, and I would say the biggest like common injury or fault people find, Hmm, I don't know, actually, maybe, the, maybe the deadlift, but I think it's just cause people like to, blame something
1: that's true they always probably are just blaming it looking for the scapegoat yeah
0: and it's hard it's hard for people to understand the deadlift if they don't know how to hip hinge so maybe that's where it gets like uh well that's
2: where you talk about breaking it down you know what i mean And like trying to expose those yeah the real gaps in the whole movement right those are the things you try to explain to people and they look at you like nah that's not it it's the whole workout i'll try something else or i just won't do it again instead of trying to strengthen those certain areas that Mm. will then move you through the whole process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We actually call that in PT part practice where you break up the whole thing. So let's say Mm -hmm. someone had trouble with the first pull on the deadlift. We would just work on that. We would just, I would like take a heavy ass kettlebell and I was like, let's just do high pulls. Let's just pull, pull, pull and work on that motion. If Mm -hmm. they're having trouble disassociating their hips, I'd say, all right, let's get you to a wall. I want you to touch your ass to the we can curse on this, right? Yeah. Okay, good. We can touch your booty to to the wall every time. And if they're still having trouble, maybe we break it down a little bit. Uh, Maybe we get a band around their hips. But I think people get so focused on fine tuning how people move. We don't give them the chance to explore like kiddos when they're just not coordinated. I'm like one or two cues and then let them figure it out. Because we're so quick to be like, "No, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong," and then somebody gets rigid and they can't figure it out themselves. Um, so, like Albert's been in my clinic, I'll give someone like one or two cues, and then I just let them keep going. Like the
1: going. Turkish get up.
0: Yes, yes. Mm. Oh, explain your experience with that. That's the Turkish
1: not. get up. You ever done that? Have you ever done you like that? Or you, you just get up on mm-hmm. the side? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever done one?
2: It's a really weird movement, but it really, once
1: again, it exposes s- you. Super encompassing movement. Yeah. That's like super core and like mm-hmm. super mobility focused. And you have to just slowly- like
2: Step by step. Hold the kettlebell. Step, yes, by step, step by step. Get your way up there.
1: But she like lets you figure it out though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was using like a baby kettlebell. That's yeah. not true. I picked, that's not true.
0: Second to last. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's the biggest thing. Like there's a lot of sneaky cheat things that I do in PT that- mm-hmm people are quick to fix a form. And now I think if you're, okay, if we're all out, you know, deadlifting at a competition, I think someone would come up to you and be like, hey, man, you know, maybe like tighten up your lats a little bit because mm-hmm. that's a different situation. But when you're coming to me and there's not a lot on the line, right? Like I'm not going to put a load that's going to kill Albert. Yeah. I, I'm i going to give him a couple cues and then I'm going to let him figure it mm-hmm. out because the goal is for me to be gone. Any... I'm really going to the feathers. Any healthcare provider that makes you feel like you need them for the rest of your life is not doing a good job. There you go again,
2: messing with people's bank account. Yep. (laughs) yep, They just trying to sell their products and services on Instagram. Here we go.
0: Like you should feel like you have a person in your corner to help you get through any injury, but someone that's selling that you need their hands on work or someone selling that you have to come see me for tune-ups all the time. That is not appropriate care patient forward is listening to that patient and trying to get them better as fast as you can and as safely as you can.
2: I love that. Just like woke in I think that's like, yeah, I think that's like one of the first things I started realizing when we really got got into the fitness industry side of it, you know, like looking at the business, it's that a lot of people look for that quick cure or they look for somebody they can latch onto and be like, okay, you have to see me through to the end for the rest of my life. And it's like, that's not really, you know, what this is about. Like, hopefully I can, like you said in the beginning, I want to coach you, I want to teach you, you know, to a certain point and then let you kind of go off, you know, flap your own wings so you can do what you're doing. That's really not what people are looking for. And if you start trying to educate them, you tell them about research, breaking things down part by part, you're not the person for them. Right. You know, but it's funny because we see that in so many other industries. Now, when you were first getting into it, is that something that you ran into more often than you do now? Because I would assume, like you said, you're more built into the community. You know, you have your network kind of built out. But in the beginning, did you see a lot of people who were really looking for that, you know, one-stop shop? Like, I need you to see everything, everything through.
0: Yeah. So I, I first came from like the CrossFit background as a coach and I was, people would come up to me all the time. Nisha, I have pain sumo deadlifting. I have pain with pull-ups in my shoulder. I have pain benching and I knew how to modify things, but I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went to PT school. I was like, Like I know what to do, but it feels like a cop out, you know, I'm like, oh, why don't we just try to drop the weight? Why don't we change range of motion or exercise? But it was just exercises. It was just kind of like memorizing Mm -hmm. things like, oh, you have this, let's do this. Mm -hmm. So went to school and in the process of doing that, that really shed light to appropriate treatment. And what I thought, I thought. The PTs I was shadowing that heavily used manual therapy, I was like, oh my gosh, they have magic hands. Like, <laughs> you know, they're rubbing out these knots out of people, like, they're fixing people. And going through school, all the research does not support that. Yes, there's like a placebo effect. And yes, there's effect that we are changing experience with pain that we really don't know what's happening, but humans respond well to touch. So of course we'll do some Mm hands-on work and there's some, some supportive research for different, you know, nerve pains and different hand techniques that we do. But if they're not paired with exercise, then like, that's not going to help their recovery. So that totally shook me to my core. I was like, wait, this is what I knew to be true. It's not being presented as true. And now I'm in school. What do I do with it? And so going through PT schools like um, med school, you have residency in the last year. So I traveled to Arizona and Nashville. I was kind of all over just to meet different people and and see how people treat. And it was hard because when you work under someone that signs off you, you kind of treat to pass Mm -hmm. and they very much were like, this is what we sell here. This is what you do. So once I was able to like go off on my own, I very much cultivate from the start. Yeah. We'll do hands-on. We'll do some work and kind of like reassure you that all these things are normal and they feel good. So now let's use it. Like let's lock it in with strength. Um, And that's just how I practice and, and what my day-to-day operations look like. Hmm.
2: Mm I like that a lot.
1: So uh, I just want to go back to something that you touched on earlier with hinging. Okay. Right. And how like people do it wrong and I think I've been doing it wrong like the bulk of my training career and I've been lifting since I was what what were we 14 yeah did we start children. like actively training in the gym? Yeah. 14. That's 14. not children. Yeah. No. <laughs> children. But, it's like teen. <laughs> yeah. We were teen, but like that's when we actively started like rigorously lifting for football and everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think like just within like the last three years, I realized, dude, you've just been hinging wrong. Yeah. Like you're not. So when you say, all right, sit back, put your, what would you say are like common cues that mm-hmm. you recommend to someone who's just sitting there going, okay, I want to, I want to improve my squat. Mm-hmm. I want to improve my deadlift, my hand clean.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are like common cues that are mental pictures that you recommend?
0: Yeah. So one thing I do is when you, when you go to PT with me, your first session is one-on-one. So that's like a lot of conversation in the beginning. And in that moment, I learn how you like to learn, how you like to be coached, right? Cause some people are visual learners. Some people are more tactile, more hands-on. Some people like to try it out a little bit, or some people like to be over cued. Um, and so like, I kind of get that moment from the start, Like, how do you like to learn? How do you like to be coached? And then in that first assessment, I screen everything. So if you're coming for low back pain, one of the things I'm going to look at is a hinge. If you're doing anything lower body, I'm going to look at you hinge. So I won't cue that. I won't, I'll say just, you know, reach down, touch your toes or go ahead and go into a squat for me or go ahead and, you know, do a single leg kick back something. I won't actually prompt them, I'll just watch. So I get kind of an idea like, Oh, this person, for example, something that you see really, really common is they're very like hinge hippie instead of low back bending. Um, so think of that. Like if you're familiar with yoga, someone really rounding their back vertebrae by vertebrae, is they like completely look like a cat coming down? Mm-hmm. That's using your back to round down versus a hinge which is where you're keeping your like a flat back almost and you're pushing your hips as far as you can maybe a soft bend in the knee you look like a tabletop that's more hip forward and you actually see with low back pain that people are really protective with their back and they won't round it at all and they're all hips so i'm like hmm okay this is interesting um so then we'll we'll go into me cueing someone for a deadlift so if they are very like low black, low back oriented and they're gonna round their back then i might say i want you to like pull your shoulders back bring your chest tall and i might put them in a mirror So that they can see what I'm saying. Or if they're more of a tactile person, I'm going to like tap their back here and be like, bring that chest up. Let me see it. Um, I think the dowels are really good one. We'll put like a PVC up over their head and we'll have them keep it in contact with their low back as they push their hips back onto the wall. Um, but I think honestly, the less I can cue, the better it is for folks. Even if I just visually show them, Hey, I want you to do this. Just put the weight in the heels. Just push your hips back. I try to give one or two cues because otherwise people are like all out of whack. You know, they're like, I'll be like, go ahead and hinge for me. And they sit across the room. I'm like, that's not what I asked for at all. (laughs) Or they start doing a shoulder exercise. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) Which (laughs) Alfred (laughs) does all the time. We'll give him an exercise and he's like using the wrong body part.
2: Off doing the next thing. It's like, what are you doing there? Oh, all the time. That's not true. That makes sense. That's that's every patient, honestly. But That's I, I love say. what you said there about the different types of cues, you know, and say whether it be like a visual or a tactile kind of cue. I know those are some of the things that like really I think were kind of like breakthrough things that got me to the next point. When I, when we were really just in the kind of like that bodybuilding phase, saying like, okay, if somebody yeah. if we we're training with somebody in the gym, like let's take Frank for instance, right, Albert, and if he comes up and sees us doing like a chest exercise and he sits there and he's like, I want you to focus on really hitting this area, right? Right, and he sits there and tap it, it would blow my mind, and I'd be like, wow, oh, I yeah, never realized was- this is where we're really supposed to be targeting this workout or like same thing with like squats, you know, because well, and also at that point we had a different understanding of what we were trying to do training wise. For sure. And that was going to be my question is that you probably realize too, that there's a different depth that you have to go through with your clients, right? Like you were saying, if somebody's going through a a deadlift competition and you're doing something, you can probably say like, Hey, make sure you tuck your lats, you know, real quick Ex- before exactly. you get into And they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. As opposed to the other person, they'll be like, what do you mean lats? What is a lat? Oh
0: my God. I Don't even get me started. Oh, I'm like the area started. in your arm. That's
2: what I'm looking I'm like, for. <laughs> yep. I think I
0: told someone once tighten up your armpits and they literally looked at me like, what?
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. 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 But it's so interesting. Like, Yeah, those folks that are coming in are powerlifters, are CrossFitters. They're so easy for me to coach verbally. I'm like, take out that slack at the bottom of the deadlift. Mm -hmm. Um, If I'm saying to do some tempo, I'm like, you got to slow that down to more of a three, which is way easier to communicate verbally than teaching someone Mm -hmm. for the first time. But again, like I think uh, deadlift is is a complex movement. And sometimes it takes like that third visit for someone to really feel locked in with it. And I don't expect that. And I don't put that expectation on them. Like, you know, we're going to be... You know, sumo deadlifting 500 today. Mm-hmm. I'm proud if they can just like pick up a kettlebell and look strong with it. Yeah. And mm-hmm.
2: I think that's like the part that more people should kind of tap into, you know what I mean? Or try to enjoy a little bit more is realizing that this is a whole progression yep. that you're going through. You sh- It shouldn't be a one stop, like a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. Because I always ask people, then what happens next month?
0: Well, if you're running a marathon, would you expect the first mile that you ever try to run to feel the same? People like put such a hard rap on themselves for mm-hmm. lifting. It's, it's like, this kind of makes sense, right? Like you went just one rep max in the beginning. You wouldn't run your, your
2: marathon as your first race. But let me ask you what other, like, cause we're all fit people, right? Like we are all in this environment. What other situations in life kind of put you through the same test nowadays? that make you have to have that type of patience and like resilience to say like, okay, you know what? To get to that next step, to get to that higher way, to get to that next level, I have to put in the time. For some people in their job, I mean, like we see for people in jobs who climb up you know ladders or who can really progress, but I don't think we see it a lot from as many people as, as we should, you know what I mean? And I always wonder like, how do we get that across other people if they're not quote unquote like the gym mm-hmm. goers or those kind of you know like the runners of, of the world.
0: Yeah. What's the term? Instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's really taken over culture right now. And that is not PT. Like it is at all. Like no, not at all. And I sell that from the start. And I think that's that's my strength. I'm like, I am your champion. Like I cannot do this for you, but I will do this with you. And it takes a person that is driven to do so. And I think there's gonna be a new wave of hunger that's looking To hit long-term goals, but have short-term gains in it. So, for example, like if it's in your job and you know you want to be, I don't know, the manager of of the bank... Mm If you knew that the steps that you took would get you to be the night shift banker, then you would be like, Yeah, I'm gonna do all this grinding, all this work, XYZ, so I can get here because it's the step I need to get to that end term goal. Yeah. I'm training right now for Broad Street and a half marathon, and I have it's, ugh, I'm on my feet all day, but I know that each day is so important. I try to instill that in PT. I'm like, this is your goal. And it's really hard to see that right now because you're going to be with me for eight weeks, but every week I want you to focus on this. Can we sit without pain? Can we squat without pain? Can we run without pain in this week? And, and I think having that outline really helps people, um, kind of combat that instant gratification.
2: Hmm. We need people to be more patient out here.
0: Yeah, That's a lot to ask for.
2: I, I know.
0: People are so impatient and I think the pandemic's changed a lot because te- tech has blown yeah. up.
2: Yep. Blown up. I yep. was thinking that it would make people slow down a little bit. I, I think I even said that on an earlier episode. I was like, oh, you know, maybe people will take a break. You know, appreciate the finer things in life. Appreciate their family and friends they have around them. No, people are Psych. savage. are <laughs> savage. As soon as the country started reopening a little bit, we're back out 110 miles an hour. Just like we didn't learn a thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny
1: you guys touched on, um, instant gratification that just ties to like who we are, like evolving, Mm -hmm. like as a community with social media and everything, your attention needs to be grasped and like, um, you just got to hook them reached. Yeah. Yeah. But you need to like, um, you're looking for instant gratification throughout Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. each post you're like trying to achieve a certain thing in a very small amount of time. And people are probably starting to correlate it to their training or why people go see masseuses instead of trying to address the problem. I guess how that would tie back to PT. Oh,
0: I send people all the time. They're like, oh, can I get hands on work like solely from me? And I'll tell them I have a massage therapist for you because that just I'm doing a disservice with what I know to be true. And then you're undermining my time and my work because I'm not going to massage your ass all day. (laughs) That's not going to get you better for what you want to do for me. But people are so fixed on yeah, paying for something to get fixed, which the human body doesn't work that way, folks. The human body is gray as shit. It is not black and white. Mm-hmm. It is it is so complex. And honestly, I think if we all ate better, slept better, surround ourselves with people that were kind and loved each other, I think all our problems, and exercise, I think most of our problems would go away.
2: It really is pretty simple, huh?
0: It's it's, it's literally, it's
2: simple, but people don't like simple. No. Yeah. They want to hear something crazy complicated or something that sounds like a hidden secret, you know, Yep. magic carpet ride on the way there. And it's just like, mm, really, isn't that complicated? One of the, like we told you, we had a PT on earlier where she worked in
1: like neonatal. Actually, the name of that episode was motion is lotion. I love that. Yeah. And she was like just preaching the whole time that just move and yes. just move more.
0: That's like, that's on the same quote book that you'll get the, um, your next position is your best position. She's from the same, the same thread as me. So,
1: so, um, but, but running's like criticized, right? Like, isn't running like super criticized, but like causes tight hips or if you're not doing it properly, like messes up your knees. Are you saying that like, are there other things you recommend or do you think it doesn't matter? It's just moving.
0: Mm, so like in the sport of life, you mean like yes. for longevity for, of health? Yeah. Like, okay. all right,
1: I'm Albert. I want to feel better. I want to reduce inflammation. Obviously I feel the best when I move. Gotcha. i told you
0: multiple times. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think everything in moderation, folks that lift too much, they're going to have pain. They're going to have problems. They're going to have tightness in different areas based on their sport. People that run too much are going to have problems. Everything too much, too little. It's a Goldilocks kind of world. And that's, that's why we'll stay in business and keep, people moving because we can navigate the little the bumps in the road Um, if you're an athlete that never had a pain or an ache then I don't know what you're doing but Mm -hmm. definitely reach out to me because I'm interested Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing that's supported again in the research is not the perfect exercise you're trying to fit into but what how you like to move is what you should do Like if whatever's going to keep you going in your life so that you can run with your grandkids so that you can pick up your boxes so that you can do things as long as you can, you got to do it. Whether that's Zumba, Orange Theory, cycling, lifting, running, whatever it is. Of course, we're going to come in and give you some cross training or ways to help you better in that sport that you want to do in life because one mode's not the only way to do things, but um, you got to pick what you love and not because of what society says is right.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I like that. Once again, I think a lot of people can just benefit just by getting up and just walking. It's so underrated. Walking is huge. Just walking. Remember, I just, just, I mean, Albert, when you were in the office with like most people, you would probably sit there and realize that a lot of people don't walk throughout the day. If you're in an office for eight hours, I move so much. but that's the thing that really makes it crazy to you because you realize how many times you're getting up, going back and forth. If you're drinking as much water as us, probably going to the bathroom 10 times a day. Mm -hmm. And you see people who don't leave their cubicle for three hours at a time. Dude, four hours at a time and, and it's like you. no wonder you're always in pain and I think like Nisha was talking about mental health earlier and which is awesome that she touched on that uh-huh.
1: the favorite thing that I did during 75 hard was the outdoor walk or just the outside Bro, training how, early, just,
2: how peaceful is it in the morning just going out there or
1: at night dude yeah. I did it during the winter and yeah. it was just like so calm and it well, was great.
0: 75 hard
1: so we have we've talked about this a couple of times so I did a challenge <clears throat> with a couple of our buddies it's 75 days long you have to Go the entire time without drinking. Mm -hmm. You have to follow a diet. So you cannot have a single cheat meal. Mm -hmm. So you have to stay to a tight diet. You have to read 10 pages every day. You have to take a progress picture every day. You have to drink a gallon of water every day. You have to log two training sessions every day for 75 days. Um, Now the training session could be yoga, right? It could be a walk. Um, One has to be outside. And each session has to be 45 minutes. They have to be two separate. It can't be like, oh, I just worked out for an hour and a half outside. This is both sessions. Um, and I don't think I missed any other piece yet outside read a book. And we, it was crazy. One of our friends lost 40 pounds.
0: Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, going back, do you think people aren't moving? Not because they don't want to exercise or not motivated, but because of like society pressure to get work done, like American culture, I guess we can say.
2: I, th- I think it's a combination of both. I think it's the lack of motivation. Like you were saying, if you're in the right environment, then I think your motivation will come from that. You'll see other people around you who are doing these things and they will be like, Oh, they're doing it. They're finding ways of doing it. Right. So if we're also kind of doing the same work, or, there's very, it kind of minimizes your excuses at that point. Right. But then when you're at work during the day, you talk about distractions and all the responsibilities. I think we're so distracted. We don't know what to focus on throughout the day. We don't know how long to focus on certain things that we just let it run on and on and on until it's like, Oh, I just, my whole day is gone. And you know, now I don't even like, you think about the simple things. Like I don't have food prepared for myself, mm-hmm. you know, forget about going to work out. You know what I mean? Like I have to figure out what I'm going to eat tonight. And those are things where I would sit around like, and once again, I'm only 27 now I was 20. Like I, it's funny. Cause I'm sitting there at this age and I'm like, do people not think of this as being weird? Mm-hmm. Like you're not prioritizing your health. You're sitting here spending all this time trying to make a couple dollars. To, well, not people are making their money. You got to pay your bills and take care of your family. But at the end of the day, like if you are not healthy enough to take care of your family, you can't work that job, right? Like they're not going to pay for you to not be there if you don't have disability insurance, all these things to replace you. So for me, I look at it as like if you're not prioritizing your health, then what are you going to do when that time comes where you have to? No, None of us have that much money sitting around where it's just like, oh. I can go ahead and now pay all these medical bills. You know, I can pay all my normal monthly expenses too because that's what my job was really pr- providing for me. Most people don't have a job that provide that type of stability. True that. And that's where I wonder. I'm like, where do we get so distracted and say like, this is going to provide for my family? It's like the sales analogy that goes, it's like, okay, if a plane's going down, right? Whose mask do you put on first? Do you put on your family's or do you put on yours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, most people will say like, oh, I'm going to put on my wife's mask. I'm going to put on my child's mask. Okay, and then what happens when you pass out trying to put on their mask?
0: You're dead. You're dead. dead. You yeah. can't.
2: You can't be there to provide for them anymore because you were worried about everybody else's responsibility or commitment that you had to take care of, except for the commitment to yourself.
0: Right. What do you do? Sales.
2: I was in sales. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah good. I mean, that's you. good. Thanks. Thanks. I'm trying to, you know, trying to work my way up. So I'm trying to work my pitch like you. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah, Nisha's pitch was spotless. That was crazy. It was off the chain. That was crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna think <laughs> about that all night. Me too. I'm so pissed. I'm, I'm gonna go look home. in the
1: mirror and be like, "Bro, imagine if you have an elevator pitch and you have to do it like just did. Saying. You can't do I'm it. I'm gonna send you something What's later wrong tonight, wrong
2: right? It. I'm gonna send you a little uh, one note sheet. I'm gonna be like, Albert, I, I type this up. What do you think? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has one. It. I'm just gonna. do She a said voice it text. too.
1: She was like, "That's Spark Notes.
2: Do you think she practiced that outside before she did? No, I did not. I did not. Yes, she did. She practiced on the
1: drive over. She
2: was like, "I'm gonna kill them with this one. No, no. I have
0: practiced a lot of one." Minute videos though, because that's mm. Instagram's you know yes. limit. So that's a good time to practice your elevators like speech.
1: Oh, she's right. We've been working did on content.
2: Exposing me, I've been practicing that.
1: <laughs> did,
2: wow, did you tell her I've been practicing that? No. This morning, I almost I was like, Mm-mm, this reel is not good enough to go on Instagram. Let me stop. but we're working
1: on it. Let we're working stop. on content.
2: Yeah, this is what we do, step by step, the baby steps. Yeah.
1: Speaking of content, Nisha, how we usually wrap up our episodes. What's your content rec of the week?
2: Okay. I
0: got a couple. All right. All right. So if you're interested in more mm, sport medicine, PT, lifting, mm-hmm. Barbell Medicine has an awesome podcast. They also have a website mm-hmm. and a blog. I've used some of their strength programs too. They kind of have everything. Um, they're all healthcare providers in some capacity. I think one's an ortho surgeon. One's a PT, one might be a Cairo, and they dedicate their work to strength training and research, and it's really good. Like I've used a couple of their barbell programs, and I used a couple of their um, like blogs to like help me navigate different situations. But their podcasts are really, really, really well done as well. Um, if you're interested in more like nutrition, there's a really good book called the brain maker, which looks at like gut health and what we eat and how it impacts neurologic diseases or just like musculoskeletal pain. Hmm. And then sleep. My favorite book is why we sleep. Why, Why we sleep. Yeah. So that's kind of like the whole gamut. If people are more like foodies, more, you know, holistic approach, more sleep or more like sports, you can pick any of those. So are those one more time, barbell medicine, barbell medicine, podcasts, um, brain maker for the book and then why we
2: sleep for a book as well got him interesting taking some notes here let me
0: know what you think
2: I right, gotta check those out yeah. I gotta
0: come back on so I can talk about my story with the lady that saved her own life
2: oh, oh yeah we gotta, we gotta follow up on her and make sure that we can do a follow up okay. yeah
1: we'll leave people as a cliffhanger um, well we yeah. gotta have you back on with your boyfriend too yeah yeah yeah, yeah she's yeah. Really a specialist for running, running. See, yeah.
2: um, which is dope yeah and we gotta hear about that lady have her zoom in We
1: didn't even talk about it Actually have it's great zoom. That we didn't talk about it like no. Clickbanger Next one next yeah, yeah 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 come back. Tune in And we're gonna hook the mic up Tune. Yeah So I'm not holding are, it.
2: Man that's so funny it's, You did this on purpose I know you did I rigged it <laughs> I rigged it <laughs> you,
1: What's your content back.
2: Mm, so I am reading another book This week uh, Once again Trying to improve The real estate business A little bit And we are going with It's going probably pretty funny Because I read a lot But How to Win Friends And Influence People You read that one yet? I have not Who's that by? By Dale Carnegie
0: sounds familiar.
2: It's one of those really like how to win friends. Yeah. And influence people. Interesting. A lot of people recommend it. And I think that's the reason I held off on it for so long. Cause I'm like, mm, maybe there's a whole bunch of fluff, but here I am reading it. And the first two chapters are great. Um, you know, me when I listen to some things or like when you should dropping gems in the beginning I was like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, wow. Resonate well with you. Oh yeah. 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 A couple mm-hmm. things already hit me in the soul. So I'm <laughs> going to let you guys know how it goes at the end. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Check it out.
1: Nice. So mine actually isn't like a podcast, isn't a video. Mine is actually a recommendation to, and it's like utilizing content to those who are listening. I just found this out. I don't know if people knew this. When you message someone on LinkedIn, you can actually send a video. Hmm. So I never knew that. So young sales professionals out there, you want to separate yourself and differentiate yourself. Literally either set a video recording, stored in your album, or just create the video on the spot utilize their name, message them directly. Hey, thanks for the connection X, Y, Z. And then I, I've utilized it myself throughout the last two weeks. And my uptick in response has probably been like 80% mm-hmm. people messaging me back on LinkedIn, trying to gain new clientele. And it's simply because I'm sending them a video. So that's, I just thought that that I had, I heard someone say it to me, and I was like, damn, Bert, how have you never thought of that? What's wrong with you?
2: But we were talking about it. Um, we were talking about the other week, you know, which some are just like our first step contacts. Some of the ways we want to start reaching out to people, because I forget the word they use for it, but it's it just disrupts somebody's you know their their normal day to day pattern. You get all these emails, you get all these texts, but then somebody sends you a video. and It's like, who's this person? Right. What's good with this guy? You're so not going to forget yeah. that person's face. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to forget kid's their so voice. weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like the you new,
0: said, it's the new DM. Yeah,
2: and it really does. Mm-hmm. It takes practice, you know what I mean? But when you get good at it, and I think if you, if you can really become good at it, I feel like those are going to be the people who really take off in the next couple of years because mm. it's a, it's an it's a skill that I think so many people have been waiting to tap into. Um, but their companies may not have had a way to let them really express themselves or let their voice out. So it's like, ah, let's just kind of get everything typed up, you know, follow this text and send that out. But now people can use their voice. They can use video and say, oh, now I can get a different type of personality out there.
0: Wait, let's we might go over happen. time. But my last question, now I'm asking questions. I hope yeah, it.
1: I There's no time we're
2: perfect time, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so how do you guys prefer to text? Because this is kind of going mm. off that chain. Do you like to do the push hold audio? Do you like to do talk to text oh, or wow. will you text with your fingers now?
2: I'm not going to lie. I just discovered talk to text and I love it.
0: So you push the button, you talk, and then the words type out.
2: Yeah. I let that thing transcribe and it types right up. Got it. The audio, I'm a little, mm, depends on what I'm doing, but talk to text. I love it. It's yeah. pretty clear. Yeah. I don't send recorded messages
1: that often unless like I'm trying to be funny and like mock someone. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 still text with my fingers for I sure. I
0: use the voice memo thing like crazy.
1: Ooh. That's for long messages. Mm. Or just like it, or yeah, longer. I mean, if I text you, hey, what do you want to eat tonight? You'll hold it down and be like, hey, I want a rotisserie chicken and green beans.
0: <laughs> no, I'll ta- I'll ta- oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> no,
0: I'll text that. But I guess because I'll get, you know, people asking about pain, mm-hmm. or if I feel so busy, like at the end yeah. of the day, it's so much easier to just be like, hey, this sounds like da 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 da. Um, I love it I feel more point. connected to people That's a good point Because I talking on the phones too much But it's like a nice middle gram mm-hmm.
1: it, So you, well, you're sent, you're talking to text though Where it writes it down Just no, memo
0: I'll do the memo
1: No way yeah. yeah
0: I'll send people memos I love that So oh, like if hey. Alex Let's say your wife will
1: Her hip's bothering her Yeah wife. let's
0: say her hip's bothering her <laughs> Hey Nish My hip's bothering me I've been doing the, I'll be like hey uh, Well what's been going on Sounds like it could be this But I'm not super worried If you're worried Come on in Shoot me a text We'll get you in Done. That took me twenty seconds. First, yeah. me
2: texting, figuring it out, trying to make sure you know it's all spelled right. No, yeah, no weird autocorrect. And then yep. she
0: hears my voice too. Like mm-hmm. I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. I don't mm-hmm. know. I really like it.
1: Interesting. As opposed, I get what you're saying. It allows like emotion to be portrayed more. Yeah. More so.
0: Maybe try it for a week, and then at your next podcast you have I feel to like though if nonsense.
1: I did it to Alex she wouldn't listen to me
0: well I wouldn't do it with my boyfriend I, I, would, I, I know
1: she wouldn't play the message yeah. but she wouldn't listen to me out of fear that I would say something crazy maybe send it I to like that.
0: your parents or a coworker, someone that you talk with a lot and see how much time you save I save so much time texting now
1: interesting that's how mm. we're gonna end off there you go start talking to your love phone that. people I love that start walking talking no people snack. no, no text no more text next. <laughs> you're gonna wow. have no more text neck.
2: I love that because then you can just keep your AirPods in and just start talking and just be like, boop, 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 yeah. boop.
1: Yo, man, sounds good. That's it. And
2: I'm sending you so many voice memos <laughs> now. I'm blowing up your phone tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., checking in. Nisha, is there anything else you want to leave
1: with?
0: No, thanks, guys. This was awesome. Yeah, was yeah
1: you fun. were phenomenal. Thank, Thank you it. so much.
2: Thank you. It was fun. This was great.
1: This was great. We always have a great time. And as always, everyone, enjoy the first set.